This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Raw Reaction Show. Joining you the morning after, the evening before, in what is an incredibly frustrating, incredibly annoying uh, hotel room here in Newcastle. <laughs> uh, although I have to say that this is probably the best YouTuber content creator set up behind me i've probably ever had <laughs> better than the one i've got at home clearly um but good morning to those joining us in the chat box good morning to those uh live and listening on catch up as well um it's been a hell of a 24 hours and uh, not you know not for necessarily good reasons and there's a lot to talk about from yesterday's game and there's a lot to talk about outside of yesterday's game and i want to talk a little bit about you know detachment in some ways and why it's important as well to sometimes have have Arsenal and and not to have Arsenal and I want to talk about that because I think it's important I certainly had a bit of a realization an epiphany if you will with that last night so um yeah uh, I'm, I'm hoping um I'm hoping that things are going to be fine um I obviously am as frustrated as you all are with yesterday's result I'm frustrated in some ways with the with the performance as well and I completely understand, um, you know, I completely get it. I completely understand why people um, will also be irritated by beyond just VAR. And there's a lot of you listening that, go, that will probably be thinking, oh, I hope Tom doesn't just focus on the VAR and I hope that Tom focuses on the performance. And we will. We will talk about the performance. There's no slideshow um, this morning for you um, because I, I, when I'm usually away, the opportunity I get to set everything up and, I don't have all the equipment I usually have uh, at my fingertips. So it's going to be a bit of a monologue. And then we're going to go into the chat box and tackle as many of your questions as we can. Um, but my morning's been slightly ruined because my train's been cancelled. So I'm going to have to deal with that, trying to get back from the most northerly uh, away fixture in the Premier League uh, back home. And uh, I found out there's rail replacement services uh, back home as well. So it's going to be a long day for me, perhaps even longer than yesterday. So... Just bear that in mind <laughs> when you understand maybe where our frustration is going to come from in today's show. 
Um, do drop a like, do subscribe, all that lovely stuff. Uh, good morning to those joining us in the chat box. Uh, Matt G, old Dave, Rob Paul, Black Shine, uh, Glenn, we've got Steve, Stephen, uh, Red Star, Josh, Damien, uh, Amira, uh, we've got Rob and Josh and Jakob and Maximius and plenty more of the usual faces and some unusual faces as well. And I hope that you all do uh, continue to enjoy the content. And thank you so much for continuing to make this a part of your morning routines as well. I'm also off my phone hotspot today. So apologies if there's any connectivity uh, or audio or sound or visual issues. So you have to bear with me because I'm not, as I say, in my usual space. Okay, let's take a breath and then go straight into this. Uh, disgrace. It's disgraceful. Um, absolutely, unforgivably ridiculous is what it is. Um, to witness what we witnessed yesterday, to sit in that crowd, that cauldron of noise that is St. James's Park, one of the most intimidating and toughest places to go, and to have a performance which I felt, you know, people might talk about the fact that we didn't create too much. People might talk about the fact that, you know, there wasn't any clear-cut opportunities, by the way, really for either team. You know, the best chance of the game was to Callum Wilson the first half that he hit over the bar. And beyond that, that there wasn't um, clear-cut opportunities. It was a type of game in which you felt was going towards a draw uh, and or maybe one team might nick it. Similar to kind of the Man City game, a game as well um, that we also dealt very well with um, in terms of the physicality of the competition of it. We stayed in the game and then we nicked it with a, a goal that, yes, in its own ways was fortunate because it came through a deflection, but it was a goal by all of its merit, by all of its build-up, by everything that led to it. It was a goal and deserved to be a goal. And Arsenal, in the end, deserved to win that game against City. Arsenal did not deserve to lose uh, that game yesterday. Just didn't deserve to lose at all in any way, shape or form. The performance for me, yes, did not create loads of clicker opportunities. But the physicality of it, the competitivity of it was really was really good. The type of away performance at a tough Premier League ground that we have lacked in recent years and that it started to become, you know, really apparent and really frequent in Mikel Arteta's teams. And I think the players, the majority of those players, should certainly be very happy with the way in which they performed. In particular, William Saliba, who was absolutely excellent. Declan Rice, who was really strong. I thought Gabriel was really solid. I thought Ben White was impressive going forwards and defensively as well. Tommy Asu played on both sides and did well. Um, Jorginho, after being assaulted, continued to, to stay calm and play the, uh, uh, the passes that we needed to keep the play ticking over and progressing forwards. I thought it was Kai Havertz's best display for Arsenal. It's, it's not a great display. Um, it's, and if you take, and I think obviously the challenge there's question marks of whether or not he deserved a red card. I think I having when I saw it in real time, I was like, kid's in trouble. I think he's going to go. Then I watched the replays of it, and then I was like, okay, no, I don't think he'll go. They won't. They won't. Um, they they won't. They won't change that. Um, but Havertz contributed a lot. And what frustrates me about this kind of rhetoric around a player, and then when there's kind of this momentum behind the criticisms um, of one player. I think that detaches and breaks away from other players that maybe deserved a little bit more scrutiny than Havertz because Havertz was, he drove the ball forwards, he played some really nice passes and little flicks in behind, he started counter-attacks. Um, 
But I was really disappointed with Bakaya Saka in particular again. And I think that that's the type of performance from Bakaya Saka that's going to start raising some questions, or at least it should for me. And I was disappointed that Kai Havertz was the one that was getting all the scrutiny yesterday after the game, when the guy that he is trying to, you know, that he's passing to, that he's delivering the ball to, as well as Eddie and Ketia, that both of those two, and Ketia and Saka, I think really let us down yesterday in, their, in terms of their um, their performances, in terms of what they offered in the final third, and that really affected things. Gabriel Martinelli was better um, than both of those two. He always seemed like he was an outlet. He always seemed like he was the out ball. Um, Martinelli really was constantly the guy driving at the opposition. He was always trying to make him, um, you know, make himself available to those passes on the left hand side, and which is trickier as well when you don't have a, an overlapping fullback like Saka does with with Ben White was just so frustrated to me that and by the end by the way Saka was Saka didn't look in a good way Saka was holding what looked to be his groin um and was struggling to run back at times and it's those moments where you're like what is the point in having Saka on the field if he's not fully there if he's not fully fit if he's shattered you've got a substitute available get Nelson on the field we know that Nelson has made big big impacts in games at, at late stages we know Nelson can affect games in the Premier League at a high level and 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 elsewhere as well. So it, it bothers me that there's kind of this you can't take Saka off unless he is he's just he's been absolutely ruined in terms of an injury and he has to come off. But Saka was not fit by the end of that game. He was struggling to run, he was struggling to move, he wasn't fit. And you have Nelson on the bench and you haven't brought him on. And I'm critical of Arteta for that decision not to change the game in that way. He was right to bring Eddie off, that was fine, had no issue with that. I think he could have brought Havertz off maybe sooner. Um, in the second half, because he did start to fade a little bit. Um, there is something to be said about the lack. We, we are we run out. We're running out of players in some degrees. Like we're running out of players to use because with no Jesus, with no Partey, with no Erdegaard, three huge, huge presences. And I know that people will turn and say, "Well, you know, Newcastle didn't have Tonali, and they didn't have Isaac, and they didn't have Murphy for the most of the game because he came on, of course, got injured again." Um, but uh, and I understand that. And you might say that levels the playing field somewhat, but <laughs> I can't help but not look at those frustrations. Um, Trossard, when he came on the bench, off the bench, I thought, besides his corners, which were dreadful, uh, besides those corners, you know, again, energy, he's a bench player. He's an impact player, um, is, is Trossard. He's a player that is going to give you something. that He's not the type of player I don't think that's going to give you, you know, the best performances for 90 minutes, but... For the last 30, you need to get him on in games because I think he can really, really make a, pro- make a problem. Um, but the fact that Nelson, who, as I say, has contributed off the bench in games for us in the Premier League, it, it wasn't considered to be brought on for, for Bakaya Saka that had often really next to nothing through the entire game and then was injured by the end of it uh, and did not look fully fit whatsoever. I, couldn't, I could not stagger how that, wasn't dis- how that decision's not being made. So that's the performance, right? And I think it's important that we talk about the performance first before we talk about the, the headline act, if you will. Um, I'm incredibly dehydrated this morning, so I'm drinking as much water as I can. Um, but I think that this game is obviously going to be remembered for the the key incidents. Now, as I mentioned, the Havertz one, I think I've tackled. For me, in the moment, I thought it was a red. Looking back at the replays, I don't think it's a red. I think it's a yellow card, and I think that decision is is correct. Um, however, he could arguably be sent off in the second half for a second yellow card that isn't given. Um, so there is that to be considered on the other side. Bruno Gimaraes assaults Jorginho. He assaults Jorginho. 
and I say that with all the seriousness in the world, that that is it's it's a football game is used as a disguise to um, mask an attack on another person. In this sense, it's an assault. You can see the intent. You can see what he's trying to do. You can see how premeditated it is and how that you can look back on that decision, look back on that moment, look back on that video and not come to the conclusion that he has purposely, after the ball has gone, after him being late, has decided to attack Jorginho under the guise of a football game is ridiculous. It's disgraceful. To use Arteta's words, it's an absolute disgrace and it's embarrassing that that decision is not made, that that decision is not given. No punishment at all for that. He got a yellow card later on, which means he will miss Newcastle's next game. Um, um, the, the goal is is what people will focus on, but for me, the biggest robbery of all is that red card. It's worse. For me, it's so much worse. And the reason why it's so much worse, and I was talking to a few people in the press box yesterday about this, is that what that does is it sets a precedent. It sets a bar. It sets a minimum expectation of what you're allowed to do on a football field without retrospective action. It is saying that you can attack another player with intent and force and endanger them and not face punishment for it. That is what you are saying if you are the VAR officials. That is what you are saying if you do not retrospectively punish a player that does that in a game. You are sending a message out that it is okay to do that, and it's not okay to do that at all. It is a horrific, horrific decision that is going to have ramification that goes through the league, and it should do. And I hope that there is you know, something in terms of a statement. I hope that there is some kind of analysis on this. If we're being very honest, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter how many apologies we get. It doesn't matter because every single time a mistake happens, another one comes shortly after. Every single time. Every single time. We await for consistency. We await for better referees. I've called for greater diversity and opportunity given to officials further down the table. There's too much protection. There's too much protection from the people that are involved in the game. There's too much protection from, for me, fellow journalists sometimes that will not go the the extra mile to criticise the officials in the way they need to be. The way in which that Jamie Carragher yesterday tried to explain VAR away, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Especially when his side this season has seen one of the worst VARing mistakes in footballing history with the Spurs-Liverpool game. And that that can just be kind of pushed under the rug. And because it's not Liverpool, we're talking about something else. And uh, and it's going to have a different result. And I'm not going to talk about it in the same way. It's, it's so maddening. Let's talk about the goal. Because <laughs> I don't know what to say. You know it. I know it. They know it. Everyone knows it. The ball was out of play. You've seen the image. You can go to the thumbnail of today's video. You can look on Twitter. You can look on anywhere and find that image. You all know it's out of play. You know, you all know. The irony of the analogy of saying we've crossed a line here and VAR has crossed a line here. It's, it's just too perfect for this scenario because the ball in itself has gone over the line. Um, And as I say, I, 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 I don't know what we can say about anything anymore um, with referees, 
with um the, the video assistant because for me the technology is not the problem i have no issue right i have no issue with um var being in existence i have no problem with the technology of having the ability to look at incidents again but the point of it is is that you get the decision right and the reason we've got it is because the referees are too terrible to not make the decisions correctly enough on a consistent enough basis this is the best in quotation marks the best best league in the world because of its entertainment because of its players because of its diversity because of the the clubs that are involved in it but it's not the best league in the world for its officiating and it is certainly one of the worst certainly without a shadow and and when i sat in that press conference and you probably you you probably watched it back you may have even heard me asking or trying to ask arteta uh, a progressive question to kind of move the conversation, if you like, um, onto what happens next. I tried. I can't say I was too successful, um, but I tried. And we're going to read. We're going to read now every single word of this press conference. And you may not want to do that, but I thought it was the most stunning and shocking thing that I've seen so far in my in my career covering the club. Sitting in that room with Arteta, after having no thought I knew what he's like as, as as a coach to be so composed at times. I know that he can get angry and we see that on the touchline. But in interviews and in press conferences, he's usually so careful with his with his words, specifically about referees. Bakaya Saka has been kicked over and over and over again. And Arteta has been really meticulous in not going too far about what he clearly feels is a horrific, um, consistent tactic against Bakaya Saka. And what we listened to and what we witnessed in that press room after the game, it, it was unprecedented, really. So he was asked about the Newcastle goal. And he says, we have to talk about the result because you have to talk about how they help, uh, how the hell... Uh, he said, how the hell, and it doesn't say that on the website, but that's what he said. He said, how the hell these goals stand up, and it's incredible. I feel embarrassed. But I have to be the one now coming here to try to defend the club and please ask for help because it's an absolute disgrace that this goal is allowed. It's an absolute disgrace because it's not a goal. For many reasons, it's not a goal. For more than one reason, at least, it's not a goal. And there's too much at stake here. We put in so much effort and it's so difficult to compete at this level. It's an absolute disgrace. Again, I feel embarrassed. I've been more than 20 years in this country and this is nowhere near the level to describe this as the best league in the world. I am sorry. That makes it even worse when he said, when he was asked about the three checks, he said, makes it look even worse. It makes it even worse. You just need to see one image. That's what you need. And you have any doubt, you look at one and the second one. And if it's the goal, okay, that's fine. I don't care. Honestly, I don't care what they say. It's the outcome. It's too late. Whatever they say is too late. I don't want to be in the hands of people. I, I assume he means kind of, you don't want to be in the hands of these people. Um, I assume that's what he means by that. Um, it says on the refereeing decisions in the first half, the penalty uh, call on Eddie and Ketty. I don't remember that. I mean, people in the chat box maybe I had to tell you that. I might have missed that. I don't remember a penalty incident on Eddie and Ketty, but I may, I may have missed that. He may be talking about the shove when Havertz plays the ball through to Nketiah from, I think it's Lascelles. Um, that might be what he's discussing. I thought that was, I didn't think that was a penalty personally. I, I just think it's a shoulder on shoulder uh, action. Um, so I didn't have too much of an issue with that one. Um, 
But uh, yeah, he continues by saying this. Uh, he was asked which of the three potential infringements could have led to Newcastle's goal being disallowed. He was asked, and I think the journalists in the press comments were fair. He was asked specifically what he was asking for. Um, he was asking for um, uh, what was it? He was asking uh, for like an actual explanation for why it wasn't a goal. Uh, and Arteta wouldn't give specifics, which I. I was disappointed that he didn't give specifics about an explanation as to why he didn't think it was a goal. He said, this is, this is really the question, guys, as, a, like, as in to us. He was like, is this really what you're kind of asking? That's how it felt. So the question is, uh, is it's not a goal. It's simple. It's not a goal. Simple for a goal to be allowed. There are certain things prior to that, that the ball hitting one meter from the goal that are allowed in football. In football in here, in China, in Japan, in Spain, in Italy, and in Portugal, they are not allowed. That's what happens. I have to stand here now and explain. And we lost three points today, guys. You know what that means. It's too hard, this league. It's too hard. There is too much at stake. It's embarrassing. The three points thing, again, I'm not sure I go along the lines of the three points because Newcastle were very well worth a point and Arsenal were as well. It was For me, it was a draw. It deserved to be a draw. Um, and I don't think either team deserved the game more than the other. You could argue that if the Runa Gimaraes red card would have happened, that would have swung the game in Arsenal's way. But I guess that there's also something to be said about the Havertz situation as well that Newcastle fans would probably point out in the other direction. Um, he, I then said, uh, how will you pick the players up? Because I wanted to change the conversation. Because I can just keep, I could have just kept on going about the VAR, you know. I could have just kept on asking about, um, asking for specifics when he wasn't giving specifics. He was angry, he was frustrated, and he wasn't, for me, going to be, you know, in any kind of mood to continue discussing. So I wanted to change the conversation slightly and move it towards what happens now? Where do we go from here? What happens next? Because that's what we want to know as fans. So I said to him, you know, how will you pick the players up after? How do you move forward? And he says, I have to praise them. It's not in their hands. It's not in their control. I have to praise the players, the way they play here and what they did and how much they limited Newcastle to what they did and how much we tried. It's incredible, honestly. And so I thought that was good. I then want, I really wanted to highlight as well William Saliba because William Saliba had an excellent performance, so composed. I remember walking into the press room at halftime and the amount of Newcastle journalists were saying the words, he's only 22. I heard three different people say the words, he's only 22. He continues to stun us with how good he is, and I do, and I, I think that the people have been really harsh on Havertz after this game for his performance. I thought it was be his best performance in an Arsenal shirt so far. It wasn't gloriously world class. It wasn't stunningly good, but I thought there was loads of encouraging signs from Havertz's display: the move of the ball forwards, the passes, the touches, the flicks, uh, the way in which he transitioned the ball, the way in which he tried to have an influence on the game. Yes, I wanted to be more confident. Yes, I want more. Yes, a sixty-five million pound player should give us more. But I didn't want to focus too much on the negatives about Havertz after that game because I thought it was the most encouraging performance that we've seen from him. Uh, and on them, he said, uh, I said, on Williams, Libra and Havertz, he says so much. It's incredible the way these guys play with 20 years, uh, 21 years old, the way they play here, the way they compete against this team because they are a top team. Incredible. So to get a game out of that like this, I feel sick. That's how I feel. I feel sick to be part of this. Again, going back to the VAR. Very, very keen to, you know, uh, very keen to put those words across. So uh, to ask myself the question that I asked Arteta of, you know, how do you pick the players up? Where do you go from here? It's very simple. You win your next game. We have to win the next game. Sevilla at home is the next one. And then we've got four Premier League games, which you would say are very reasonable. We've got Burnley, Brentford, Wolves, Luton. You have to win those four. There's no excuses. And I don't like that term of phrase, but I'm using it here. There are no excuses. You win those four games. You beat, you beat Burnley at home, who are terrible. You beat Brentford at home, away from home, which we've done already this season. Good team, but we have to beat them. 
You have to then go and beat um, Wolves, who again have taken points off some big teams and have beaten Manchester City, but you have to beat them. And then you play Luton, who there's absolutely no excuse but to beat because they're probably the worst side in the league bar Sheffield United. Um, we have to win those games. We have to win those games. And if we don't win those games, it's over. Title's gone. And I don't like talking in absolutes too often. But this league and this season is way too competitive with City and Liverpool um, in the form that they're at. You know, teams, as I say, like Newcastle, they're now very close to us. Aston Villa could go above us today if they win their game. <coughs> it is, it's very, very tough. It's very tough. And so we absolutely have to win those games. We have to hope that Odegaard's back because he's a big miss. We have to hope that Partey and Jesus can come back as soon as possible. And we have to try and take advantage of the January window when it comes around. But to do that, we're going to have to move players on because we've got a 25-man squad. And so we're going to have to move players out if we want to bring players in. But we have to bring players in because we have to raise the level of the quality, the depth. We know what we need to do. We know the areas that need to be improved. And we have to make that happen as much as we can in January to as much as we've got the ability to do so. We know that. And if it's not possible, I want to, you know, I really want to dig deep on the reasons as to why it's not possible and, and somehow ask why it's not. So we will look to that. Um, shall we go into your comments now? I feel like I've um, whittled and rattled on for as long as possible. So let's go to part two then. Oh, that was really loud. Let's go to part two then and your questions right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, sorry for that um, audio spike. Uh, and again, I don't know what's going on with the microphone now. Really weird. Um, I'm hoping it sorts itself out gradually and the voice comes down. Okay, I think it is. I think it's starting to... So I'm saying technology just does not want to work. I'm on my new laptop as well, so I don't have the benefit of it sorting itself out in better ways. Um, let's... So yeah, let's let's go into the chat box, shall we, and tackle some of your thoughts. Um, and James says, you can't even just say they're incompetent. The referees, they are blatantly... Uh, allegedly, <laughs> it's difficult to use those words sometimes because it, you know it is strong and powerful. They are corrupt, he says. Uh, they all have uh, money on Newcastle winning that game. Uh, yeah, I mean, very, very difficult indeed. To, uh, difficult to to play that type of thought down. You know, it's it's really hard to to not agree, not not agree, but in the sense of I don't like using those words because they're obviously very, very strong and they're obviously very, very poignant and they're very accusatory. But the, the, the thing that I can't moan at fans at is for having that opinion. I can't say that people can't have that view. I have empathy for those that have that view because you see the decisions that are made 
you see what they do you see what the uh, you see what decisions happen you see the inconsistency and you can't blame fans for having that point of view you just can't you know it's impossible not to have that type of of, of opinion it's really hard to not have that point of view so i completely understand um why people think that way so there you go um okay let's go to uh ian says tom yesterday was uh mike dean and taylor too the fans were already on atwas back and madly decided not to put more pressure on him from the fans we need var officials who do not know the officials agreed i've always said this i think var should be um a third party. I think the VAR should be a separate entity. I don't think officials that are referees in the league should be the officials that then go and do the, uh, you know, go and do the the, the game as uh, for the VAR. I think it should be two separate things. Um, I hope that happens, but uh, I, I don't. I don't see that happening. Um, so yeah, that's that's not something I'm expecting to happen anytime soon. I'm afraid. Uh, Maximus says, "Tom, I see a problem with our team. We keep saying we're still in second gear, although it's 11 games in. Should have stepped up a notch. Some of our players haven't improved, and it's a worry. What are your thoughts? I think if you look back to the Newcastle game at home, where we played a game very tactically and we tried to play play a game very strategically, if the expectation is that you're going to go to St James's Park and play free flowing football and dominate the opposition and pepper them with opportunities." I don't see it happening. If you do that, you're going to get punished. And Arsenal played a very astute game, a very patient game like they did against Man City. And we praised them for that performance against Man City. And I think if Arsenal had been the team to come out with a 1-0 win here with the performance that they had yesterday, I think that we would have been talking about this game very similarly to the way in which we've talked about the Manchester City game that we played to you know very tactical astuteness. And we limited them to very few chances and tried to create as much, but not loads of ourselves. So I think this team's evolving in many ways. I think this team obviously beat Newcastle United away last season, but we had to rely on a very good goal from Martin Odegaard from range to get that opener. And of course, we managed to, again, limit them to those uh, those chances that they had. So I think that this is not a game that I'm necessarily looking at the performance and saying, that's terrible. Things are really bad. I've got loads of worries because I think there's a lot of similarities with the way in which we played this game and how we played the Manchester City game. And we obviously came out with that with a, with a massive, massive result. And if we'd just nixed this one like we did the Manchester City game, I think we'd probably be talking about things very similarly. If we had this type of performance against, you know, Sheffield United last week, or if we have it against Burnley, or we have it against a side that we're really expected to go and beat, then sure, I think we can sit here and have those critiques and those scrutinies and those criticisms. But I think when you go away from home to Newcastle, a side that is notorious now for its difficulty in terms of trying to win there and the problems that teams face when they go up there, I don't have too many criticisms about the performance because for me, that was the way in which you're going to go and try and get a result against Newcastle. You have to be patient. You have to be astute in what you're doing. You have to be trying, you have to be really meticulous in your passing. And we weren't always in the finest form. You know, there were players I felt Saka really not good enough and Ketia not good enough, even though I've really wanted and Ketia to do well and, and prove people wrong. But sadly, that couldn't happen yesterday. So, yeah, I'm not in the mind of, of pointing at the performance. So I hope that makes sense, Maximius. Uh, we've got a few super chats. Um, let's go to Roy says, uh, will we be top of the expected apology stats? Uh, yes. Um, VJ says, uh, is Ray at fault as well for the goal? Also, PGMOL punishes Arteta for the comments. Does it not show this will never improve as they think they're above criticism um let me see if i can find a video first of all i need to have a look back at this goal because i feel like i've looked at it in so many ways now um but yeah apparently i've missed the raya thing so i see a tweet here from ebl who says what are your thoughts on raya does he consistently stand too far ahead of his post is he aggressive when coming for crosses or is he simply a small relative to other giants that we see in the goal 
Um, I'm sure. Oh, so he misses, judges the cross, doesn't he? So the cross comes in, he leaps for it, and he misses the ball, and then he's just out of it. So he completely misses the cross there. He was known like for his collecting of his crosses. Like this was one of the things that he was praised for. I don't look at Raya necessarily because the goal shouldn't stand. I can't. I can't point the finger too much at Raya. Um, but like, how can I? How can I point the finger at the at the the goalkeeper when we know that the goal shouldn't have even the play never should have even got there because the ball was out. Um, so Newcastle gained an advantage in that way. There's a foul on Gabriel, so there's another advantage in that way. Um, so it's difficult to point the finger at Raya in that instance because um, because of that situation. So there you go. Um, and a last super chat, um, an important one to point out as well. Uh, James says, awful to see Arsenal fans racially abusing JW. I assume that's Joe Willock um, on Instagram. It is awful to see, James, if it is indeed true. I haven't seen it myself. Uh, I've not been across Instagram. I really did switch off after the game as much as I could. But if that is indeed true, um, you're right to put that word fans in inverted quote, uh, quotation marks because they're not fans. They're horrible, horrible people that don't deserve to be in around this society, in my view. So, yeah, um, thank you for raising it because it's an important point to raise, but uh, terrible, terrible people indeed. Uh, Valor says, Tom, how do you rate the referee's performance yesterday? I know the VAR room had a howler, but I felt the man on the field did all right. <sighs> You know, Newcastle fans were very angry with the referee. Stuart Atwell, it was. He managed the game in an interesting way. He gave certain fouls. He didn't spot the, the Gumaraya situation. He gave Havertz a yellow, which I thought was correct. He, he gave the goal. Um, it's a good question because obviously we're pointing a lot of fingers at the VAR. Are we pointing the finger at the the referee I don't think the referee on the on the day on the field had a terrible display, but it's difficult when he didn't spot the the Gimarash red, and that he's obviously gifted given the goal in the first instance, which means that you know it's going to be given. And there's, I think there's something to be said about that corner. I think you guys were pointing out to me when we thought we were talking about Enketia. Uh, I think it was a corner that that was actually the one that was being discussed. So maybe that's what you're talking about. If so, um, I need to see that again because I haven't been able to see that corner incident uh, more than once. Uh, Matthew says, Tom, when Bamford had a disallowed goal against us for a push, we all said we got lucky. How is that different to the challenge on Gabriel? We're going to continue to see these types of questions asked, Matt, because they're continuously going to happen. The inconsistency is what is continuous about this game, about this sport, about these referees. That is that is where we're at. Um, very, very disappointing. Indeed. Um, John says, did Partey travel with the squad yesterday or was that all a bluff? I don't know. I certainly didn't see him. So uh, I don't know. I can't can't comment on that one. Uh, Josh says, hi, Tom. Did you read the article on what Dermot Gallagher said about the game? What a joke. I haven't. Um, I can't say. I have. As I said, I really did try and switch off. And that's what I want to end today's show on talking about, actually, is, is the whole switching off thing. Um, but I can't see... Uh, what Gallagher said. So I'll have to read that and talk to you about it in tomorrow morning show. But I want to end the game on a, I'll end the show just talking something importantly. Yesterday, I had a great time after the match. I met up with Mike uh, from the Gooners pod. I met up with De- uh, Potsy, of course, as well. And a, few, a couple of the other journalists that were at the game as well. And, uh, you know, I was sitting there in, um, we were having a drink and I was just sit- saying to them like, it's so important. I've, I've learned to, to detach Arsenal from life at times. I've just, you know, we ha- we are in a position where um, you you need to be able to detach it. Um, my other half, you know, 
I feel I feel sorry for her because that days have been ruined because of Arsenal. Weekends, weeks, Christmases uh, have been ruined because of Arsenal. And I think it's taken me until I'm nearly 29, which I'll be uh, in a couple of weeks' time, uh, just over two weeks' time, to realise that it's just not worth it. It's it's just not worth allowing a defeat, allowing a performance, allowing a result to ruin your day. Life's too short. Life is far, far, far too short to allow things like football to ruin it. Um, And I put that game in a box and I put that box under the bed and I forgot about it until this morning uh, when I woke up and set up the show to do it. And I think that's what you have to do these days now is that you just have to detach. Because if I allowed this game to just perpetuate through my day, through my evening, I wouldn't have smiled all night. But I spent the evening smiling constantly because I was surrounded by great people, having a lot of fun. Um, and you need to be able to to separate. You you absolutely need to separate. And yes, Louis, you are 28 until you turn 29 because that's how it works. I think that's the best way to end today's show. Louis did also leave a super chat that says there was a handball too. Four reasons why it shouldn't have counted. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. Uh, sorry that the audio has been a bit up and down. Uh, I've noticed that. I'm hearing it in my ears. I can tell that it's going crazy up and down throughout the show. I think it's because I'm on you know, a different laptop to what I usually use. So sorry for that. Uh, hopefully that it sorts itself out very soon, or I'm just going to have to get an XLR and something that keeps things consistent. But thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you have a fantastic Sunday. Just take your mind off football. I know Spurs play later. I know Aston Villa probably play later. We could be in fifth by the end of the day. Uh, it could be really, really annoying to look at the table in the morning as well. But um, yeah, just try and take your mind off things. Go, go do something else. Go listen to something else. Go play uh, a different sport. Watch a different sport. There's Formula One on later, even though I know that's predictable with Flamin Verstappen or Flamin winning. Um, but uh, there's loads going on. Speak to family. Speak to friends. Um, go on your Xbox or PlayStation, whatever you want to do. Go play OG Fortnite or something, or Spider-Man 2, if that's what the kids are doing. Uh, you know, Go enjoy your Sunday. Um, I've now just... But while you are enjoying your Sunday... Just spare a thought for the man that has had his train cancelled from Newcastle and he's going to spend his day trying to find a way back home because that's me. Uh, But thank you for listening, everybody. Um, And I really appreciate all of you for tuning in, as always. Uh, Stay safe, stay well, and as always. But maybe not always as most importantly as what the benefit of life and happiness is. Up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.